Welcome back to The Shepherd's Pie, a slice of faith for our messy lives. I'm Tony Kolenk, a professor at Ave Maria School of Law, father of five grown children, and the author of Inspirational Fiction for Teens and Adults. By the way, if you still haven't bought that gift for a teen in your life, take a look at my website and consider my medieval fiction series, The Harwood Mysteries. Book five just came out, and you can find all of that on my website. But today we are speaking with Becca Werwell about the challenges of faith and disability. My guest today is Becca Werwell. She writes stories to show kids that they are wonderfully created for the unique adventures in their lives. Born with only half of her right arm, she aims to help others find beauty and what makes them extraordinary. She's a mom by day and a novelist, as she says, by relatively early in the morning. She dreams of sandy beaches and mountain peaks, but she lives in Pennsylvania with her family. And her debut novel, Road Trip Rescue, is out and is what we will be discussing as part of our discussion today. Becca, welcome to The Shepherd's Pie. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. That's a very fun bio you've got there, by the way. Lots of visuals in there. I'm already at the mountain peaks. So tell us a little bit about your background and what you've been doing when you uh, maybe even were not a mom by day. Yeah, I grew up on a farm. I always loved to write. So that's always been a part of who I am, a part of what I enjoy. I remember from a very early age, always being involved in creating stories, writing them down in my notebooks. My friends and I used to come up with stories and we'd record videos of ourselves acting these stories out. So I've always loved words. I've always loved what they can communicate. And it wasn't until really after I got married that I started taking my writing more seriously. And up to that point, I had been writing a lot of stories, but I would often write a little bit of a chapter and then I'd kind of stop and then I'd have another idea and I'd move on to another story. So I really skipped around and it was hard for me to finish anything. But after I got married, I started digging more into the publishing industry and reading different types of books. And I found that I really had a love for middle grade fiction. I think those are the books that really stood out to me from when I was younger and the stories that I can reflect back on now that really spoke to my heart during those formational years. So I dove into writing some middle grade fiction. I've written lots of manuscripts before I actually got to my debut. That kind of got me to where I am now, although I I will say it was an interesting choice to have both a book baby and my actual baby in the same year, because this is the year that my daughter was born, also the year that my book was published. So it's been a full year, but I'm very thankful for all God's been doing in our lives. What a wonderful year. Well, congratulations on both of those things. Thank you. So, all right. So you're you're writing a book and your main character has a physical disability or a, um, what they might call a limb difference is what you uh, told me before the show. So I'm assuming this must be in some way inspired by your own life. So maybe talk a little bit about your own life before we get into the book uh, with your limb difference and how you lived with that growing up. Absolutely. I was born, like my bio said, missing half of my right arm. And from a very young age, I just learned to do everything with one arm. So physically, it wasn't a huge hurdle for me because where most kids would be learning to do things with two arms, I just learned to do things a little differently. So I would joke that if I 
suddenly had two arms. I wouldn't know what to do with my right one, but, and I had an occupational therapist when I was young. She made sure I was the first one in my class supposedly to learn how to tie my shoes. She made me buy lunch one day because she thought I was maybe afraid to carry the lunch tray in the school cafeteria. So I had a lot of support like that growing up. And then also my mom would always come in with me at the start of a school year she would bring, I had this bag of prosthetic arms from when I was a baby ranging up through like third grade was when I stopped wearing a prosthetic arm. So she'd come in with my prosthetic arms and we would do like a show and tell with the class. So any students who were new or didn't know me from before or weren't in my class the year before would know who I am. And I found that it was important for kids in particular to know what the difference was and what had happened to my arm before they could start coming up with their own stories. Because, you know, if a a bunch of kids start talking, all of a sudden it was a shark attack or something else that happened. Um, So we'd always explain that I was born that way. That's how God created me. And it was just something different about me because the world would be really boring if we were all the same. And that's a message that I was able to carry through. So all the way through school, I taught kindergarten for four years. And that was something I always talked to my students about right away. And they were always so impressed when I could tie their shoes and do whatever else they needed me to do, open their juice boxes and everything else that you do with kindergarten students. Yeah, it's been a journey that isn't as much of a physical challenge as some people might think, but I think at times could be an emotional challenge. And that's what is in the story Road Trip Rescue as well with the main character, Kimmy, who also has a limb difference. She has some emotional challenges, some insecurity that she has to face. I think that's a great segue. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your book and your main character? So Road Trip Rescue is the story of 12-year-old Kimmy. And Kimmy loves dogs. She loves her dog, Bo, because Bo has always been kind to her. Bo has never said anything unkind about her arm, of course, because he's a dog. But then Bo disappears. And so the story starts two years after Bo disappears. And Kimmy is looking in a magazine and sees a photo of a dog. And she knows it has to be Bo. And this photo was taken up in the Adirondacks in New York. And so Kimmy knows she has to go there. She lives in Pennsylvania. So New York isn't too far. But her parents have all these excuses. They can't take her. And so she recruits her aunt Skylar to take her on a road trip up to the Adirondack Mountains to find her dog, Bo. And of course, Aunt Skylar's idea of a road trip isn't exactly what Kimmy has in mind. So they have a lot of challenges and hurdles along the way. But Kimmy's limb difference is a big part of her motivator and wanting to go on this road trip. So it's really part of what propels the journey forward. But then also, I really wanted to show that while her arm is part of her story and part of her life, it's not the whole story. She has a lot of adventures outside of that. And the reader might notice as they're reading, they might not always even be remembering the fact that she has one arm because she's so capable and so able to do things. And because it's not always the first thing on her mind either. That is an awesome premise. So what are Kimmy's parents like raising her? You know, is there some issues that in how they've raised her with the limb difference that she's kind of having to reach out to this aunt? She is an only child and her parents are both busy. So she lives on a farm, on a dairy farm. Her dad is a farmer and her mom is a real estate agent, is very business-minded, motivated, and they both love her very much. And they have always told her that God has created her with one arm, that she has nothing to be embarrassed about. But 
Kimmy through her interactions at school and with other students has felt like others have made fun of her. And in particular, she had a best friend who betrayed her is how she would say it. She heard her best friend talking about her arm behind her back and calling her a name. And because of that, she's always carried that burden and that insecurity. So no matter what her parents say about her arm or tell her to try to comfort her, she still feels insecure about it. And when it comes to the road trip in particular, her parents are just acting a little bit suspicious and she can't figure out why they don't want to take her on this road trip. They have a lot of excuses. They keep telling her they really don't think it could be Bo. They don't know how it could still be him after these two years. So she's very frustrated in communicating with her parents and why they're being so difficult when the Adirondacks really aren't that far away. But her aunt does love adventure and she actually does a road trip every summer. And so really Kimmy's goal became at the beginning of the story to convince Aunt Skylar to make her destination the Adirondacks for this road trip. You know, as an author, of course, all of our characters have part of us in them, I think. Um, so I can't help but think that Kimmy has a little bit of you in her. But does Kimmy's parents have a little bit of your parents in her? Was that kind of inspired by the same way that your parents raised you? That's a good question. I don't think anyone's asked me that. While I grew up on a farm, my dad was not a farmer. So that wasn't his job. My mom wasn't a real estate agent. So in terms of occupation, I don't think so. And even in terms of personality, I think they're pretty different from my parents. Well, you describe them in what sounds to be like very supportive parents, which it sounded like your parents were also very supportive of, yes. of you. Now, my wife and I, um, we have five kids. Our youngest daughter actually is a type one diabetic and has been since she was five. And so we kind of had the experience of raising a child from young who had a physical concern uh, with diabetes. And, you know, we always treated it, especially my wife. I just kind of do whatever she says. But, you know, we always treated it like heroic, like our daughter is a hero. So it sounds like your parents were probably very supportive to you throughout your life. I don't know, maybe you could talk to that a little bit. My parents were always very supportive. And I think as I was comparing and thinking about Kimmy's parents versus my parents, I think in my mind, my parents are even more supportive. My parents definitely did a lot for me growing up with my arm. So I had mentioned already about my mom coming in at the beginning of the school year, doing like a little show and tell with the students they knew about my arms. Another thing my parents did for me I had mentioned my prosthetics. So they would take me to Shriners Hospital in Philadelphia, which was about three hours, I believe, away from our home. So they took me there every summer. We would always go on the way to the beach. So there was always something fun. We could go to the beach after and I get fitted for a new prosthetic. But what they didn't know because I didn't communicate it was that I really didn't like my prosthetic. And so I think it was around, I think it was in third grade. Basically, I would wear my prosthetic to school. And I would put it in my desk when I got there and it would stay in my desk pretty much all day. And at parent teacher conferences, my teacher told my parents, you know, Becca doesn't wear her prosthetic at all. She takes it off as soon as she gets to school. And so my parents, as soon as they got back from that conference, they asked me, do you not like your prosthetic? I don't know why I was so nervous to admit it to them, but I, I said, no, I don't. And so we never went back. We never got a new one. That was the end of that. I never even brought it to school with me anymore. They're like, you don't have to wear anything. We just want what's best for you. We just want the best for you that they can be. Same with having an occupational therapist. They've always done different things to support me. And then also being encouraging. And I think also just not focusing on it all the time. It's part of who I am. It's part of who God's created me to be. It's given me some really unique opportunities. And it's something that we're not afraid to talk about. 
but also it's not the focus of everything. So there are a lot of other things that we talk about. And I think if you ask my parents, they would say they probably don't think about my arm too much. I know a lot of my friends say the same thing that they really forget that I have one hand because they just don't think about it after some time. It's just part of who I am and they don't even see it anymore. But I'm sure at first, the hardest for them was probably when I was a baby and when I can't even remember what it would have been like because they hadn't been expecting to have a child with a limb difference. So it was a surprise. So I think that adjustment was probably hard. And so for any parents who might be listening, who would have a child with a physical difference or disability or, or something like that, and you don't know what to do or how to handle it, I think it can be really helpful to find community in other families who have children in the same situations and talk to them and be in community with them. There are so many cool online organizations. One specifically for limb difference is called Lucky Finn Project, but there are a lot of really cool organizations that can help families get together and talk about things like this. And I think it was through Shriners where I would go to get my prosthetic. They had a camp for kids with a limb difference. It was, so that was something I would go to with my parents and we got to meet other kids who also had limb differences. So opportunities like that, I think really meant a lot to me and knowing that I really wasn't alone. There are lots of other kids out there who had something similar to me, even if they weren't around me in my daily life. Yeah, my daughter also had like a summer camp with other type one diabetic kids. I think it does make a difference, I'm sure to realize that you're not alone. But you mentioned in that answer something that I think is a great theme. Let's let's move to and that's this idea of being wonderfully created. I know you talk about it in your in your book as a theme. It sounds like it's been an impact to you in your personal life. So maybe address that a little bit. What is uh, what is the theme of wonderfully created you like to bring out? Yeah. So wonderfully created is a theme that I like to bring out in all of my stories because I think it is important to recognize that each of us is created in a unique and beautiful and wonderful way by God. God did not make us all the same. And that applies to our physical appearance. So we have, and I would always tell my kindergarten students, like, look around the room. We have different color eyes. We have different color hair. Our, our skin's different color. And if we all look the same, it would be so boring. So appearance is one thing. We have different talents. Some of us love to write. Some of us are really good at sports, are really fast. We run really fast on the playground. Some of us are really good teachers. So we all have these different gifts. And again, if we all had the same gifts, if we all were really good writers, then what about all those other jobs? What about all the other things that there are to do in the world? Having that diversity in our abilities is so important. And so God has equipped each of us for a unique purpose and for unique adventures. And he knows what's in store for our lives. And he has prepared us for that. And sometimes those things we can see as a good thing. So you might say, okay, well, I'm a really good teacher. And that's something I can be proud of and embrace. And it's something I'm thankful for. So that's pretty easy to say if you have a gift or a talent. But if you have a disability or like a limb difference, for example, you might find like it's harder to be grateful for that. Like, well, now everyone's going to stare at me when I go out in public, or now it might be harder for me to, I don't know, jump rope because I can't hold both ends of a jump rope. Well, that's, that's not fair. Why did this happen to me? Well, even in that, God has uniquely prepared me for adventures. He has. I have had so many amazing conversations with people that I never would have been able to have if I had two hands. So he's been able to make that part of my ministry. And it's given me a way to talk to children. So I write for kids and, and it gives me a way to talk to kids that I wouldn't have otherwise, because 
they take you more seriously when you have something they can actually connect with like that. Like, look, this is something that is physically different about me. You can see it. I have experience where people might've made fun of me, or maybe people stare at me sometimes. And you can see that I've have that shared experience. Um, so it's opened a lot of doors, a lot of conversations. I mean, even this story wouldn't be about without my limb difference because that's part of my story. And I, I don't think I would have been able to adequately present Kimmy's perspective had I not shared that with her. So the theme of wonderfully created is knowing that even in the challenges, whether it's things that you're proud of or things that you can feel like at times are frustrating or hard or unfair, all of those things that go together into who God created us to be, he's created us that way for a purpose and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and you are exactly who he has made you to be. Yeah, I love that theme. But what I think about, though, kind of, you know, that's great. Like, I can imagine, yeah, thanks, God, for this wonderful gift that you gave me, you know, um, whether it's having diabetes or a limb difference or something else. I'm sure there must be times uh, in your own life and even in your character, Kimmy's life, where, you know, you struggle a little bit like that. I mean, it's not, life is not all roses, no matter um, how optimistic we want to be and trust in God. So I'm wondering if you had any of that kind of experience, especially as you were growing up with this, or if Kimmy has that kind of experience. For me growing up, one story that I always think about was, I think it was elementary school or middle school, and we would do something called the presidential fitness test, I think it was called. And we had different challenges, like you had to run a mile in a certain amount of time or sprint a certain distance really fast and do a certain amount of sit-ups, I think. And one of them was pull-ups on a pull-up bar. So you would have both arms and you have to pull yourself up all the way. And of course I couldn't hold on with both hands to the pull-up bar. So I modified by using my left hand and then I hooked my right arm over top of the pull-up bar. So I have my arm up to my elbow. So I'd hook my elbow over top and then I use that to pull up. So the problem was I was pulling myself up about halfway with the other students were because I was already closer than to the bar. So I could do a lot of pull-ups. I was pretty good at my modified pull-up. And the other students really thought that was unfair. So I remember hearing a lot of the boys in particular fussing about it and saying, well, that's not fair. That shouldn't count. She shouldn't get credit. And I remember being very upset about that because I, I thought, well, what else am I supposed to do? I don't have any other option. Are you, you saying that I just, I can't do it and I I'm, I'm going to fail because I have no other option. So there are certain memories like that that stand out to me. Kimmy, I think, has similar stories. I The biggest for her, um, her hardest moment, and I had mentioned this briefly, was when her friend made fun of her. And so Kimmy reflects on this in the book, but she had been in the bathroom and there were some girls talking. And one of the girls, it was her best friend, and her best friend said something along the lines of, not knowing why that one-armed freak always follows her around, something like that. So for Kimmy, it wasn't necessarily a physical challenge, but knowing that someone that she thought cared about her deeply and loved her deeply saw her differently and thought about her arm. And it made her question everyone else because she thought, well, what about my other friends? What about my family? They don't talk about my arm a lot. I don't talk about my arm a lot, but do they actually think about my arm all the time? Do they see me this way? Do they see me differently? And so it really, for her, shattered this mindset of having thought, well, if I don't think about it much, I think most people don't think about it. So that was something that was definitely a challenge for her in the book. And yeah, for me, I, I can remember just certain specific memories. And I think a lot of them are from when I was younger, because as I've grown up and I'm an adult and I don't think about it as much, but also I know going into situations where there's 
where I want to address my arm right away. Like when I'm with kids or when I'm in a new situation with people I haven't met before, like, well, let's just, we all know there's a question here. What happened to my arm? I'll just tell you. So now we can get out of the way and and none of us have to think about it and feel awkward anymore. What's the craziest question a kid ever asked you about your arm? Do you have any cool Mm. stories like that? Well, I've gotten lots of kids who have asked if it was a shark attack. Particularly, I remember one year, and this wasn't, I don't think it was a kid. I think it was an adult, but I was at the beach and on the boardwalk. And I remember someone like kind of staring and then whispering. I can't remember if I overheard them specifically, but I remember just vividly thinking like, oh my goodness, I think they think that like it was a shark attack. So that was interesting. Um, Did you never go with that though? I feel like that could be a fun thing to do sometime. Like (laughs) just go with it for a while and see what it does. Yeah. Are you not mischievous like that? Oh, I have. When I, we had a like orientation class in college where we would like be paired for like get to know you activities and icebreakers. We were doing some sort of icebreaker and I said about my arm, losing my arm in a shark attack. And yeah, people didn't quite know how to react to that one. But then also, I think it, it was either my freshman or sophomore year of college, me and my friends dressed up as well, I was the shark attack victim. And then two of my friends were sharks. And one of my friends was a lifeguard. So we won the the Halloween costume contest. But I mean, I couldn't help but I'd found a wetsuit at the thrift store. So it was almost like it was right there in front of me. How could I not? This might be one of the worst I don't know if worst questions, but funniest questions anyone ever asked. Another student came up to me during the the Halloween party and he said, how did you get your arm to fit up in that towel? Because I had just wrapped a towel and we had put some like red paint on the towel and I'd wrapped it over my arm and I didn't know how to answer. I'm like, oh, this poor guy is going to feel so bad when I tell him. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that you got uh, at least a little bit of uh, joviality out of that, because it seems like there'd be so many opportunities to do that. Let me ask this about faith. Sounds like you grew up in a Christian family, and it sounds like your parents always framed the issue for you through the eyes of faith. I'm wondering if you can address kind of how your own faith has sort of developed or, or helped you to see yourself as wonderfully created, or if you've struggled with it. Yeah, I think my faith really has been the framework for seeing myself the way I do and being able to accept that this is how I've been created because the whole theme of wonderfully created like we've talked about doesn't work if we're just random chance. It works when we're created by a loving God, a God who cares about us, a God who knows us, who knows our days, who knows what's in store for us, who has a plan for our lives. And so it's the fact that I believe in a loving God who has plans for my life, who has good plans for my life, who knew all of these things when he was creating me, when he was crafting me in my mother's womb. It's that framework that has positioned me to be able to believe like I believe, to be able to embrace my arm as a gift. And I think without believing in a God, without that faith, I'm not sure I'd be able to embrace it in the same way. I think it would be harder to fight those feelings of insecurity. I think it would be harder to be grateful because yeah, then what's the bigger purpose then, I guess, because I feel feel like God has given me opportunities to talk about him. And that's maybe the biggest thing with my arm is that a lot of those conversations that open up are able to lead back to him, to talk to others about his goodness and what he's done in my life. You've been around others with limb differences or other disabilities. Have you met people who haven't been able to see themselves through the eyes of faith? That's a good question. I do remember maybe in high school, my youth group had served at a home with some 
patients with disabilities some people with disabilities. And I remember thinking that there was a lot of negativity and just a general kind of sadness in the attitude of some of the people like, well, this is it, you know, this is, this is life. This is not going to get any better. Um, and I think that what God offers us and what Jesus offers us is hope, even in life's really challenging circumstances, even when it seems like things will never get better, even if when it seems like there is no hope at all. And so I do think that there is a difference and you can see the difference when someone has embraced the hope and life of Christ, even no matter what life is thrown at them, as opposed to someone who hasn't found that, who hasn't surrendered their life to Jesus and doesn't have that same hope in life that he offers. So let me ask you this. There was somebody listening to the show right now, and either they have a child with a disability or they're friends with somebody with a disability, or you know maybe their own faith is uh, not sure what to do with that. Uh, do you have any kind of general words of advice? Yeah, I think my first bit of advice would just be to sit with that person and listen to them. I think listening is so important, and it can be easy for us to jump right to trying to explain or come up with solutions or throw Bible verses at it and look up, see, like it says right here, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I think it can be easy to jump to solutions and try to solve people's problems. But I think sitting and through listening, showing love, showing grace, showing understanding, and not feeling discouraged when things don't change right away, being open to sharing, you know, okay, well, this is this is the way God has worked in my life. This is the way I've seen him provide for me during this particular challenge. So sharing our testimony, sharing our stories, I think is important, but then also just really being willing to listen. And that applies you know, to disabilities, but also beyond that to all sorts of challenging things that go on in people's lives. And you know, life isn't easy. There are challenges. There are obstacles. We all face struggles in life. I think being willing to sit with each other in the sadness and also in the joy is really important, no matter no matter who you're with. I love it. All right. So if folks want to get a hold of Road Trip Rescue or just even learn more about you and what you're up to, uh, where would you like them to go? Well, Road Trip Rescue is available on Amazon or online, pretty much wherever you buy books. My website is probably the best place to connect with me. I have an email newsletter you can sign up for to get the latest news. And I'll also send some free short stories and conversation cards. But you can find all of that at my website, BeccaWerwell.com. Werwell is W-I-E-R-W-I-L-L-E. -L -L -E. I'm also on social media at my name at Becca Werwell. Well, Beck, it has been so wonderful to talk to you. You're a lot of fun, and I wish you the best with Road Trip Rescue. It sounds like such a wonderful book. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for the show today. We've been speaking with Becca Werwell about faith and disability. And again, this is Anthony Barone Colink. If you want to learn more about me and my writing, uh, check out my website at antonycolink.com. Until next time, may God bless us as we rely on our faith to work through the messy challenges of our lives. Mm -hmm.